following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. A pleasant good evening to you. It's Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Zach Saban joined by 85 Bear Tom Thayer and former Bears quarterback Jim Miller out at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And right off the bat, let's not waste any time and bring in the new offensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, Mark Helfrich, joins us now on the program. And Mark, I, I was listening to you talk to our good friend Jeff Joniak, and one of the things that stood out to me is when you were saying that you've been – uh, the type of person who's admired the Bears going way back to the days of Dick Butkus. And the question that I have for you is, how is it that one of the brightest minds from an offensive standpoint that we have in football <laughs> grew up watching one of the toughest defensive guys that you could ever watch? Well, you're starting off great. You know, that is that way you butter somebody up with the first question about how great they are. But no, I, uh, I, I guess I'll not score some points as well. I was always a huge Roger Staubach fan. So, you know, full disclosure, and I think it was a combination of trying to follow, you know, watch those guys and watch the old uh, NFL films. But, but yeah, big uh, Dick Buckus fan, and as, as Tom might know, big uh, Brian Cabral fan as well. Brian Cabral, good linebacker for the 85 Chicago Bears, a good college football coach also. And Mark, and that's what I'd like to ask you a, a question about college football. When you look at college football and the creativity, offensively speaking, and then you think of the use of the hybrid players, then you go back to Portland State, Mouse Davis, and the run and shoot, <laughs> and, but, and the Oregon offense updated. Why is it the creativity and the development of offense is in the college game and not in the professional game? Well, I think it comes down to snaps. You know, there's just so we talked about this a little bit the other day. There's just so many fewer snaps in the in the program program than there is in 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 the college game, and I think they're they're a premium, right? They're at a premium, and people are maybe a little bit more risk averse, and uh, you need to just take care of the rock, play a little bit more field position, you know, be a little bit concerned about defensive football, special teams football, rather than uh, trying to outscore people. And, and you know, the thing that, that we've always prided ourselves upon is being able to run the football as a run-first uh, type of operation and then hopefully open up some things. In the RPO game, you saw, you know, Nick Foles do some, do some damage the other day, doing some things that we've done in the past and the play action uh, off of that, as well as, again, being able to execute and, and drop back pass and execute on third down. Well, it's interesting, Mark. Jim Miller here, and, and welcome to the to Chicago. And you hear you mention athletic quarterback and comeback uh, Captain America when you look at uh, Roger Staubach. He was athletic, but yet you see success in the RPO system that you mentioned with a guy like Nick Foles, who maybe mm-hmm. isn't athletic, or say, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota or even Mitchell Trubisky, and, and talk about it, that it can be, you know, you can marry both, uh, you know, the, the pocket passer and the athletic guy that you've utilized in the past. Well, absolutely, absolutely, and, and you have to, right? You're, you're not always going to be – plan A is not always going to work out, whether that's by personnel, an injury, somebody, you know, somebody's shoelaces untied, whatever whatever the case may be. You've you got to be able to go to plan B. And uh, and then also you can't, you know, you can't have your quarterback getting hit constantly. You know, we're not going to pull the ball and run in the A-gaps 15 times a game. That's just not – that's not good business for, for young Mitchell. Um, but I think you can ha- have the answer be a pass, be a perimeter – 
you know, a perimeter answer that's not necessarily your quarterback doing it. Uh, and whether that's uh, looking at, you know, our current roster, the, the first quarterback, you know, can run a little bit better than those other two. And we've got to figure out going forward what the best way to, to deploy everybody is. Visiting with Bears offensive coordinator Mark Helfrich here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. What's the best way to describe what your role is as the offensive coordinator of this particular football team? <laughs> well, right now it's it's uh, translation mode. We are kind of building from a lot of different systems. We've all, uh, every one of our offensive staffs has has come in a in a circuitous route to to arrive here. And and you always have, you know, there's always some very similar language, and then there's also some things that, you know, somebody called red and somebody called panther you know they're just completely opposite and so right now we're uh, as as uh coach Nagy is out and about at the at the senior bowl and we're kind of working our way through right now predominantly the run game getting into some protection stuff it's just it's bringing it all together and making sure that 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 when we uh speak all these different languages our our, our main di- dialect is 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 you know 2017 18 and beyond bears offense uh, Mark, when you talk about an uh, offense as versatile as the one you've come from, is it as always as about a di- identifying the weakness of your opponent um, that you're about to play? And then do you think it'll be as easy to identify a weakness in the NFL level uh-huh. as it was maybe the college level? Well, I think the it's always a mix of those things, right? As a coach, you're trying to, to maximize your strengths minimize what you, your perceived weaknesses are and then maximize what you think are the perceived, perceived, I can't speak English, perceived weaknesses of the opponent. And so a blend of all that, we want to, again, we want to run the football when we need to run it. We want to throw the football when we need to throw it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's part of figuring this out. Um, uh, kind of on the run as we as we put this all together and and, and formulate the offense. Uh, the, the best thing that, that you know, theoretically this does and you watch Alex Smith last year do it do it really well is the quarterback dictates where the ball goes the 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 quarterback who has the ball last it's not you know blast right necessarily it's hey blast right if the numbers are are perfect if not let's let's get to maybe another run check if not maybe a throw outside and so you know it's 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 the 3 on 2 fast break where the quarterback has the ball you know and he gets the ball last. He makes that last decision, which is usually a little bit better than a coach trying to predetermine things. Well, coach, from in order to to bring Mitchell along, much like college, there's rules that's involved, and you know mm-hmm. you can't get your hands on him right away. And it's certainly not all just about Mitchell, because as you mentioned, you got to get all all the other offensive players caught right. up to speed. But you know, in terms of implementing or, or giving Mitchell the tools that he needs here this offseason, things to work on, whether it's footwork or drills and all those things, how do you get it all accomplished in that minimal amount of time, uh, but yet getting your quarterback caught up to speed, which is a big jump for him from year one to year two? No question. You know, I think it's it's uh, a lot of groundwork is laid right now. You know, when you build a house, you don't talk about the the furniture and the fancy stuff, right? You start You start you have a plan. You make a lot of different plans. You get some permits, and we're kind of in that mode right now. We're doing a bunch of paperwork, a bunch of planning, and then you start digging and do the hard stuff and the foundational work to to set it, you know, set it all in motion. And that's kind of the same thing with football. We have to to have a plan and have a plan A and a plan B and a plan Q, uh, because <laughs> invariably throughout the season, whether it's a whatever a trade, an injury, something can ha- can happen where where those beginning plans don't work out perfectly. But we're going to certainly uh, you know have a plan in place that's 
tight, that's clean, that these guys can these guys can build upon. But then also you need to push them a little bit because again we don't know we don't know exactly how they're all learn how how it all puts together, yeah. and you don't want to shortchange them. So it's that again a double edged sword as a coach. You want to be really good at a few things, but then you want to try to figure out a role for everybody else and and figure out how we can how we can utilize every single person on the roster. I'm learning that you're not just an offensive coordinator. You're an architect now, and you're a psychologist. I mean, in this, theory, job, in this job definitely involves a lot. We'll get back to work. We know that you're busy. Mark Helfrich, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. All right, guys. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks. The new thank Bears you. offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich, spending some time with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, a lot to discuss from what we just heard from the new Bears OC. That's next. Zach Zaidman. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer with you. Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Rolls on on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Zach Saveman, 85 Bear, Tom Thayer, and we've got Jim Miller live from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. We just finished talking to Mark Helfrich, the new Bears offensive coordinator. Tom, what stands out about the direction of the offense listening to Mark Helfrich talk about his plan going forward? It, it seems like he understands what parts take to compute to make the other part work efficiently and work well. Like you go up there and you have the quarterback have a bunch of information in his head, and then he kind of looks at the, what he's going to face. If he's got the right play call, then he goes with it. If not, then he's given an option in the backfield. But I feel like the fact that you need a quality running back. They have one in Jordan Howard. They need, uh, they need a quarterback that has some athleticism, and they have that in Mitchell Trubisky. And now it's the, the further development of the other teams. Outside Tariq Cohn, they need to develop the wide receivers and in the line the line of scrimmage so i'm just excited to watch all the pieces fit into place and then start gaining some some momentum throughout otas and training camp jim as a former quarterback when you look at mitchell trubisky's skill set and you now understand what mark helfrich likes to do what matt Nagy did when he was in in kansas city what about trubisky's skill set makes him the perfect quarterback to run the rpos that you talked about the run well i i yeah, I think you see a lot of similarities. Marcus Mariota is extremely athletic and was deadly accurate uh, at Oregon. You know, I think uh, when you look at Alex Smith, he's a deadly accurate passer uh, uh, who's you know got mobility as well. So I, I think that's what Mark sees. I think uh, Coach Nagy sees it the the same way that they're going to try and mold uh, Mitchell because he's got those similar skill sets. Because you know, to me, even Turbisky coming out of North Carolina, he was he was deadly accurate and he can throw some things even though his, his footwork uh, sometimes isn't correct and I think they'll work on those things where he can become an even more uh, accurate passer but if you were to compare the similarities I think you would you would agree with with Marcus and what he's done with his athleticism and his passing ability and I think Alex Smith is way underrated in terms of what he what he does uh, in the NFL and probably coming off one of his best seasons when they use that that spread option uh, style of offense there in Kansas City you know it, it seemed like Alex Smith early in his career took a long time for him to want to get the ball out of his hands. I hope that the Bears are at a pace with this offense up into the, up into this point where
where they want to get the ball out of Mitchell Trubisky's hand. Because we talk about the run pass option, and it is looking at and evaluating a possible run play at the line of scrimmage to a pass play, not a run and let the quarter, not a run, or if not, let the quarterback run on himself. So to me, I, I just hope Mark and, and Coach Nagy, all these guys, all they want to do is develop a creative system that can take an advantage of a defense and the personnel that's out of position, but really to get the ball efficiently out of the hands of Trubisky. Jim, the thing that, that stands out to me it was the last question that you asked Mark Helfrich in regards to, you know, people have to be patient, but yet there isn't a lot of time in the NFL for patience yeah. when it comes to developing offenses. So realistically, how much time does it take to, to kind of put this thing together with the understanding that the Bears, from a personnel standpoint on the offensive side of the ball, what they have right now isn't what they're going to have by the time the season starts? Yeah, you know, it is. It's hard, you know, because you, you want to put in your base offense and then you kind of expand from there. And you, you've got all these areas of the field that you got to work, you know, two-minute drill, four-minute. you got red zone, goal line situations, third and short yardage, and, you know, your regular first and second down base offense. It's, it's tough. It's tough to do all that, and it takes time because it takes the timing and rhythm for it to all come together where everybody's on the same page and certain things and plays unfold at, at a certain pace. And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I just don't get it. Here, this is your job now. It's This is pro football, and yet we've got a CBA in place where, you know, it doesn't even allow the quarterback and the OC or the quarterback coach to go into work and, and meet on a normal time to get all these things accomplished for what everybody wants to do, which is win a world championship. And I just, you know, to me it just handcuffs the players. I think it hurts their development, uh, at least the younger players in the National Football League, when, you know, they're starting out and really embarking on their NFL careers. And I just don't get that. And it's, it's tough because I'm sure Mark and Coach Nagy, they want to get their hands, uh, you know, and get going and get to work. And, and it's tough because you can't even meet or do these things with your starting quarterback. So, I, I it, you know, if it's just me, maybe Tom can add to it. But that would be extremely frustrating uh, from my standpoint uh, for some of these current and modern-day players. Well, you know, Jim, one of the – you know, you're down at the the Senior Bowl, and I've been watching it the last couple of days on TV. And before Baker Mayfield got there, they said how they were able to send him the playbook so he can get familiar with the terminology and the drawings of the plays they're going to run in the Senior Bowl. If they would have not have given that to him, it would have been difficult to give an honest evaluation of Baker Mayfield trying to go in and run the offense the first day he gets there and try to get into running it for game time conditions on Saturday. But I, I think that's the same way. I think you um, you really stunt the growth process of these quarterbacks, especially with the rapid movement of offensive coordinators nowadays in the NFL. When these guys have three or four different offensive coordinators throughout the time in their career, it's difficult for a quarterback to to memorize and to master the terminology of, of any offense. And I think that Coach Nagy and Mark, they, they probably still have to develop the language of this offense to understand so they understand what they're saying to the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely and totally agree. I mean, just if you were to compare it, saying that we brought this up and brought it and talked about it before, think of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Okay, those guys have been together their entire NFL careers. That offense, it's like an Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, red zone, they pull out this volume. Oh, let's go uh, 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 midfield offense 20 to 20. They can pull that out. Oh, how about our two-minute offense? They're pulling out a, a different encyclopedia for that. They have built a library 
of how they're going to uh, run their offense and what they do, things that they've learned, and, and that takes time to build. And so right now it's starting with a base, and I think, again, it's stunted because you can't even you can't even meet and work with some of these players to what? Get them better in order to win games. Crazy when you think about it. Jim, from all the tape that you watched of Trubisky leading up to his NFL career, so when he was at North Carolina and based on some of the things that the Bears did last year, is there anything that compares to what he did in college, what he did briefly in his rookie season in the NFL that can help this transition along? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I think there, there's going to be principles and concepts that he understands. Some of the things that he did run at North Carolina that even Dow Loggins, you know, included in, in the Bears offense. Sometimes out of necessity because they, they just didn't have the, the running backs there. But he's he's run this type of system before and that they used his athleticism there in terms of the RPOs. And he's got the athleticism to do it. He's, he you know, he's extremely talented. But again, it's. You know, it's, I don't want to say that he's starting from square one again because he's learning a, a whole new offense, but there are principles that he understands that will carry over into this new offense that he's, that he's learning from the Chicago Bears. You know, well, well, you know, it's one thing interesting, too, is that um, it, the, the time it, that it, it takes to develop the complete understanding so that you can help expand uh, the quarterback's role in, in helping the other players out there because no, not everybody learns at the same pace. So the quicker he can understand it and learn it and help, the, some of the, he'll be able to help some of the other guys because he's not going to have a quarterback that's been involved in the system that he can, can you know, constantly rely upon for, for his help because he has a pass in the system. The no, it's, a, it's a good point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, the, the, the thing, the thing that I'm interested in, just listening to to both of you guys talk. I, I mean, there are, even though Mitchell Trubisky's knowledge of this offense is paramount going forward. What pieces does? Because it's easy to say, hey, the Bears need to add at the receiver position. But is there a certain type of receiver that works best within the framework of this offense? We know what the Bears have at the running back position, and you heard Mark Helfrich talk about it, which which is important. And you also have Tariq Cohen, who adds uh, a unique uh, element to this offense. But from a receiver standpoint and a tight end standpoint, what specifically do the Bears need to add to this mix to make it work? Well, I think you want to definitely add more speed. You know, I'm watching guys uh, down here say the Oklahoma State receiver, uh, James Washington. I mean, this guy brings a, a ton of speed to, to the table because, you know, like anything else, it doesn't matter what offense you're in or the style of offense it is, you want to be able to attack all areas of the field. I don't really think the Bears last year had a deep threat. You know, who's the red zone presence in terms of height that could get physical uh, down, in, down in the red zone or scoring opportunities at that point? So I think... You want certain roles, intermediate, be able to stretch the field deep, so add more speed, and obviously a, a guy that can be a jump ball type of guy for explosive plays down the field. we got to take a timeout. When we come back here on Bears All Access, I want to find out from Jim, and you heard Tom talking about how he's been glued to all these senior bowl practices. What stood out so far as you guys have been watching some of the, the future stars of the National Football League on the greatest job interview that they can possibly have leading up to the NFL Scouting Combine. That's next on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Zach Zaidman, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. 
We've got a global Bears all-access today. We've got Jim Miller, the former Bears quarterback down in Mobile, Alabama, watching the Senior Bowl. Tom Thayer is in our downtown studios, the 85 Bear. And I'm Zach Zaidman here in Washington, D.C., getting ready for a, a basketball game between DePaul and, and Georgetown. But we all love football, and that's what brings us together. And there's a lot to discuss, including the event that, that Jim's at. And I guess we'll start out with this. When you watch the Senior Bowl, Jim, and, and you've been going uh, routinely every single year, what do you look for? What are, what are the things that you learn about prospects at the Senior Bowl that you can only learn during these practices? Well, I, I think, one, a, a player's ability to compete. And obviously, you know, Kenny, does he measure up? You know, and a lot about this game is you can compare apples to apples. Say, you know, here Tom brought up Baker Mayfield, right, uh, can you know can he uh, play at the next level? Here he's on the same squad. When you look at the North, as Josh Allen, and how do they stack up and compare to one another? I mean, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, he's a huge quarterback, six foot five, about two hundred thirty three pounds. He has an absolute cannon uh, for an arm, uh, but everybody's questioning him about his consistency. And here Baker Mayfield, everybody's wondering because he shows up late. Tom mentioned that they sent him some of the plays. He steps in yesterday. And, man, his arm is fantastic. I think he, he checked off a lot of boxes because here he's against a strong-arm guy or competing next to a strong-arm guy in Josh Allen. And every bit of, of arm strength that Baker Mayfield has displayed, I mean, he's kind of been uh, the, the talk of this game so far because he's got good footwork, he's got fast feet, he competes, checked the boxes in terms of his measurement, went in and, and did get the height and weight, and he was over six feet, so that ba- a box was checked for him. But you just really get to see the physical comparisons uh, between uh, you know player A and player B. They all come in all different sizes, but in terms of talent, it definitely shows itself, and you can't hide it on the field. One thing that stands out to me this year as opposed to last year is I'm not paying attention to the quarterbacks only. It seemed like last year, even though the quarterback wasn't at the Senior Bowl, that ultimately was going to be drafted by the Bears, you had to pay attention to the position just because it was such a a position of importance for the Bears leading up to the draft. And so every little snippet of quarterback coverage you got to watch, you, you paid attention to. But I think right now when you look at the Senior Bowl, you look at some guys there that could really could be drafted by the Bears, and you, st- you have to start looking at the offense and defensive linemen, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, yeah, the, uh, the wide receiver position. Because, you know, last year I think um, we probably sat here all offseason desperate for a quarterback that was going to lead the Bears in the future. But they have that position now. Not to say they couldn't draft one and gain some equity in that position as he was developing throughout his time behind Mitchell Trubisky. But I think there's a lot more important positions to pay attention to this year, even though they have the Heisman Trophy winner there in Baker Mayfield. They have Josh Allen, the other, you know, a couple other quality quarterbacks, and even on the other team. But to me, it's all about the other positions and not necessarily the quarterback position at the Senior Bowl for the Bears. Man, I got so many questions in terms of which direction they may go here. I want to remind you, though, that this week on Inside the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, Adrian Amos, and Cody Whitehair, and 15 of their teammates, can't name them all, put smiles on kids' faces at a local children's hospital. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays at 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. I guess, Jim, I'll start with this. So... During the, the college football season, you have Ryan Pace and his scouting staff, and, and they're looking at everybody. But then you make the coaching change at the end of the year, and there were some significant changes in regards to the direction that the Bears went 
from maybe a defensive-oriented team under under John Fox to now more of maybe an offensive-oriented team under the new head coach, Matt Nagy. Does that change the evaluations of the players that were, you were looking at? And how much input now do you do you take in from guys that you've just hired, like Nagy and the new offensive coordinator, Helfrich, and the offensive line coach who's new as well in Harry Heastand? Yeah, I mean, there are probably, you know, certain traits that maybe uh, Harry and, you know, he's been with the Bears before. And so, you know, you look at uh, Shiver, who's been a scout for the Bears a long time, uh, director of college scouting. So th- that really doesn't change. You know, they probably had conversations in the past with the, with uh, he stands a uh, previous stint uh, with the Bears. So I, I think they've got a good understanding of the type of players they're looking for. You know, everybody wants good football players, but you still need explosive players that, you know, you understand what they need to do to have success uh, in your system. You know, defensively, it's going to stay the same. You know, Ryan Pace knows exactly what probably Vic Fangio's uh, looking for on the defensive side of the ball. And so for Coach Nagy and obviously Mark Helfrich, now it's about, to me, getting explosive players on the outside. And that was, you know, that was needed, needed even prior uh, even with John Fox with the Bears, they needed better receivers. you got to get more explosive players. That's an area of need that uh, they probably know that they need to address, and they'll address it moving forward. I think a vertical uh, presence in the, in the passing game in terms of speed, you need a quick twitch guy, a guy who can move the chains, and then, like I said, a, a guy who provides the option for, um, you know, for 50-50 jump ball possibilities at, at the receiver position as well. But, you know, as, as Tom mentioned, you know, probably offensive line errors that they're looking at. I, I think they know exactly what they need and the type of players that they need to fill those roles. Well, you know, it seems like we sat here last year going through the same guessing game, and then on the draft night we are all completely stumped. So I do think you, it's hard to, you know, be a, uh, you know, have a crystal ball and look into the mind of Ryan Pace because I don't think any of us will know. It'd be fun to wait till that draft night comes. But, you know, you, you do have to figure out, where were you know you talked about Mark when he's evaluating an opponent you know you evaluate their exposed weaknesses you know right now with the Bears as they conclude the season all of us had a chance to watch the Bears at the end of the year and and what right now is a position of concern for the Bears going forward and you know where are the scouts going to be you know spend a significant amount of time see you make a good point because I think we all heard and everyone knows if you watch the Bears throughout the season we knew that wide receiver was a major issue because before the end of the season opener you lost your starting receiving core you know Cameron Meredith was already out after that third preseason game and then Kevin White goes down in the first game that the Bears played this season so you knew there was uh, a huge problem at that position and obviously Ryan Pace wasn't shy at the end of the season about saying that that will be addressed this offseason but but there are other areas, too. If, if you had to rank, Jim, the, the top three different position groups that the Bears really need to concentrate on to fix this offseason, what would they be? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to say wide receiver, and it's got to be addressed in, in more than one way. Now, whether that's true for agency, whether it is through uh, drafting young guys, it, it not only needs to be revamped, they need more depth there because depth was an issue. So I think that's going to, you know, that's going an area that's going to be addressed more than once 
uh, this offseason uh, for the Chicago Bears. You know, I would think corner. Obviously, what's going to happen with with Kyle Fuller? Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to come back a, a bear, or is he? Or are they looking in the market to draft another corner that they can develop? Uh, you know, for Chicago, I think linebacker. Obviously, with the issues with Darrell Freeman. You know, is there enough depth there? You know, we like what we, we see with Danny Trevathan and Kwiatkowski has done good things, but who's the depth behind him now uh, that they have to fill? So those are areas. I think pass rusher again uh, is probably another area. So, I, you know, right away I can come up with four uh, different positions that the Bears have to really focus on. You know, Jim and Zach, even though um, Cameron Meredith and Kevin White were going to be the two big wide receivers that were going to start off, we didn't know what they were going to be able to accomplish. We really don't know anything about Kevin White. And during training camp, Kevin White really didn't give us any wow moments. And so as much as, yeah, they had a lot of faith in what these two six three plus receivers were going to contribute to the Bears, we still don't know what they could or could have or can contribute to the Bears from this moment forward. Which is one of the reasons why it will be, I think, a position that gets addressed, like Jim said, twofold via free agency as well as the upcoming 2018 NFL Draft. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, I want to ask Jim, now that you've been in Mobile for the last couple of days, what are you hearing in terms of what the strengths of the 2018 draft may be from a positional standpoint? We'll discuss next on Bears All Access. Tom Thayer is here. Zach Zabe, Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Go off the field with Inside the Bears. Tune in weekly on Fox 32 Chicago at 550 for unique stories and interviews exclusively for Bears fans. Zach Zabin here in Washington, D.C. We've got Tom Thayer in our downtown score studios, and Jim Miller is out at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Jim, I'll start with you because you get a chance. Everyone in the National Football League, except for the, the two Super Bowl teams, are out in Mobile doing their thing, and I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people over the last few days. What stands out when you talk to scouts, evaluators, uh, coaches, in terms of what the NFL appears to believe are the strengths of this upcoming draft. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, let's just start with a quarterback, right? Because you've got all those underclassmen that have now declared when you look at Darnold and Rosen and, and here Josh Allen's going to uh, be in this draft, certainly uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, so And even the the eight guys that are here, these these are pretty good quarterbacks. This is one of the best quarterback classes I've seen down here. Uh, at the at the Reese's Senior Bowl, so quarterback is very deep. There are literally eight teams at the top of the draft. That that's going to be an area of focus, and the numbers are there in terms of the draftable picks at, at quarterback. Obviously, running back. You know, you look at the success of uh, Ezekiel Elliott for the Dallas Cowboys, and we can you know you look at Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley. There's there's talented running backs uh, down here. The kid from San Diego State uh, that I've that I've been watching down here has been phenomenal. A guy led uh, uh, the NCAA in rushing. Uh, this year so you know he's a really good player um penny is is who i'm thinking of um i think defensive front seven in terms of defensive tackles pass rushers some guys are hybrid like the the big news down here is about the the texas san antonio player marcus davenport you know he's kind of he's like a jason taylor type of player six seven 255 pounds so he's got a lot of length but he's he's lean he probably needs could bulk up a little bit but the front seven so i you know just areas off the top of my head is deep at quarterback running back and I think defensive front seven uh, personnel would really be the strengths of this draft. You know, one thing that interests me about Mobile is because of when you look at the Bears draft from last year and you look at Ashland College and North Carolina A&T, and then you look at a player 
um, from Dubuque, and then you look at the offensive tackle from Humboldt State. It's you're if you're good, you're gonna be found out, yeah. and that's the interesting thing about it is now the NFL is starting to take chances on these. These, um, I don't know the proper way to put it, the uh, lesser qualified, not lesser qualified schools, but just not as big as schools, small schools, you know, hidden in, in parts of nowhere. If you're a good football player, they're going to find you. You are going to get the opportunity to compete. And I think you start pulling for kids like that when you see the Adam Shaheens coming out of Ashland College and the way that he has a chance to develop. And when you look at what Kelsey does for Kansas City, what the possibilities are for the tight end position for the Chicago Bears. I'd be excited about guys like Deion Sims and and Adam Shaheen and Daniel Brown and the rest of the crew over at that position. You know, Jim, the other thing... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, think uh, think of Ali Marpet from from Hobart. Yes. I mean, that guy's a hell of a football player. Performed down here at the Receiver Bowl, and then Tampa Bay uh, drafts him, and when he was injured, their offensive line was hurt significantly. So it it doesn't matter where you're from. It's if you can play or not, and if they see the talent, they're going to take you, and they're going to develop you, no doubt. Coupled with, I think, the new wave in the NFL, and I think the Bears are part of this now with hiring Matt Nagy as your offensive coordinator, as basically your head coach and offensive coordinator, based on what he was able to do last year with Alex Smith in Kansas City and bringing in Mark Helfridge as the offensive coordinator uh, based on what he did in his days as the head coach at Oregon, you now have to morph the aspects of the college game that, you know, because we always hear that it takes a little bit of time. These guys haven't run pro-style offenses. Well, you don't have time to wait, so you need to take the principles from the offenses, the spread in, in particular, that these college teams run, and you have to be able to quickly adapt some parts of that to the NFL game. And, and I think that's the new wave, which is also one of the reasons that you're seeing some of these small schools get kids drafted like Adam Shaheen and Tariq Cohen. Did he give up on you, Zach? I, I, I think so. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but I, you know, I think that is one of the interesting because, you know, recently talking to the new special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor, when Jeff asked him about Tariq Cohen, and he, they didn't even investigate Tariq Cohen. So now some teams maybe feel that they have that spot already solidified and they don't need to go and spend excess amount of time on, on that. Here, you know, every single player that has any stats, they're going to investigate the stats and the reasoning behind it. Then they're going to look at film, and then if you stand out, then you're going to get an opportunity to be investigated like no other time in your life. And I think... That's one of the unique things about this process is the way that they're going to look at to see if you really have and you have the dedicated talent that you know is going to give you an opportunity to compete in the NFL. Jim's back with us. And, Jim, one of the things that I, I was bringing up is you know, most of these schools now don't run pro-style offense. They, they run spread offenses, and it is incumbent upon the NFL teams to adjust and take some of what works at the college level and morph it into an NFL pro-style offense with elements of what works at the collegiate level. And I think the Bears are ahead of the curve in that with the hiring of Matt Nagy and, and the new offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich. So I guess the, the best question I have for you is, there are a lot of people, they hear the the letters RPO. Can you explain the different options? Because there aren't many options when it comes to the run-pass option. There are four of them, if I'm not mistaken, right? So when, when we're watching... And Philadelphia did a terrific job of this during the uh, NFC Championship game. 
what should we be looking for when we watch the Super Bowl, for example, out, out of Philadelphia that, that might transfer over to what the Bears are going to try and run next year? Yeah, first off, I am back with you, Zach, so sorry I didn't leave. Uh, I'm, I'm a good teammate, didn't want to leave you hanging there, but uh, I'm up in the press box here at Lad People Stadium. This is, a, this is an old stadium here, so some of the wiring uh, isn't all together. But, yeah, in terms – and we've talked about this before. Um, you're right. I mean, first, let's use the examples. Think of through the lockout, and Carolina hires uh, Mike Shula uh, to bring along, you know, the young uh, Cam Newton and the style of offense that they were going to run. They stole a lot of the stuff of what he did at Auburn to make him feel comfortable. Why? Because they didn't have an offseason uh, to really work with him uh, because of the lockout. You know, there are there are other examples of, of that. Well, um, look at uh, last year what uh, Bill O'Brien, who's a more of a traditional-style NFL offensive coordinator, and then when he got Deshaun Watson in there, he took some of the principles of what he did at Clemson. Uh, with Dabo Sweeney, and I, I think they'll do uh, those things uh, for Mitchell Trubisky. Well, basically, say an RPO. It's a run-pass option, all right? You got, play, you, got two, you got plays built in already. We use the example, say, if I'm in a trips right set and I've got my back, I'm in the shotgun, my back's to the left of me, say I couple a run play with a pass option, all right? Let's go stretch six, uh, alert 72x slant spacing. All right, so basically you're, you're calling the run play. If, even if you just go stretch six, uh, X slant spacing, the receivers know that they're going to run the X slant spacing principle, what you just mentioned, like Alshon Jeffrey would be my X. So you got Nick Foles, and now it would be Mitchell Trubisky. He's faking the, the stretch six. When he sees that will backer, if that, he's vacating that area where that slant route's going to be, Mitchell would pull the ball out of the running back's uh, stomach, and he'd fire that X slant uh, to – uh, to what that point is is Alshon Jeffrey. So you're kind of just you're throwing it where they're not. So if the if that linebacker comes up to to play the run, there's going to be a voided area behind him where you've got the built-in excellent spacing where you get the best of, best of both worlds. They can't win defensively when you when you've got all those things going for you on offense. And it goes back to something that we heard from Matt Nagy last week when he was our guest on Bears All Access. You as the offense dictate how the defense is going to play, not yeah. the other way around which is kind of exciting heading into the 2018 season. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Bears hired a whole bunch of new coaches, and I know Tom Thayer knows a lot of them, and he's had a chance to talk to some of them. What does that mean on the field next season when you start breaking down what the Bears have done so far from both an offensive and defensive standpoint? That's next on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Zach Sabin, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Now, Tom, we spoke with Mark Helfrich, the new offensive coordinator. We spoke with the head coach, Matt Nagy, last week. But there are many new hires that have been added to the Bears coaching mix. Can you kind of break it down for us in terms of what each specific guy brings to the room, brings to the organization that helps enhance the Bears going forward. So, you know, fortunately, they when you bring in a defensive coordinator and you bring in an offensive coordinator that you're familiar with because he was here before in the Dave Tobe era. But I think the key ingredient here is having Vic Fangio and his staff together. So you take half of the learning curve away from this football team. Now you got the defensive members who are already here. They have a complete and a better understanding of the defense. And then when you look at Chris Tabor, 
I think there's an emphasis on coaching fundamentals and technique at an everyday process and special teams because you're asking guys that do so many things that they don't normally do of job requirements, offensive players playing defense, defensive players playing offense. But I think the key ingredient here is going to be Harry Heastad, the offensive line coach. And again, yeah, I'm an ex-offensive lineman, but you talk about the importance of that position to make sure that they're up to snuff with the terminology that the quarterback says in the huddle and how many different degrees of change it can it that can take place in the offensive line because if you go in the, to the line of scrimmage and you have a run pass option already there's two things the quarterback can obviously do there he can run the ball with the, with Jordan Howard in the running game or throw the ball downfield or if he sees an opening himself depending upon the coverage he may run the ball himself so I just think is making sure that every single facet gets on the same page so when they start teaching these guys in groups every single coach knows what they're teaching so they can expedite the process and I, I think that's a key ingredient here is every one of these guys they have experience Vic Fangio years of experience Chris, Chris Tabor's been in the NFL for a number of years and he's had great success in the special teams in Harry and the whole office of staff they're going to have to develop a rapport together because although they know of each other they haven't been in the same coaching room for eight months at 16 hours a day trying to d- develop everything that they're going to have to develop by the time OTAs get here so I just think it's a bunch of professional guys understanding their duties and making sure they get their positions ready you know Jim listening to Tom kind of mention the the process so to speak mm-hmm. you know you were in a unique position because you went to Michigan State you went to a big time school big time program uh, when you joined the National Football League with the Pittsburgh Steelers but not everyone had the same kind of tutelage that you had at Michigan State so when a coach at the NFL level is trying to bring in all these different players together to the same level, when everyone's had different types of schooling, so to speak, uh, when it comes to football, how challenging is that to bring everybody up to speed at the same time where you begin to click when September rolls around and the regular season starts? Well, I I think like anything else, you know, players (laughs) – and I, I believe all players, everybody just wants to get better. If you love football and have a passion about it, you know, it, and it doesn't matter if a, if a guy is, is coached for, for 20 years or one year. If, if, you, if you challenge a player and the player f- feels that he's getting better, they're going to listen. You know, they're, they're going to listen to you when they see themselves uh, improve or their game improve, you know, as they, as they move along in their career. And a lot of these guys, they've got a ton of experience. They have the ability to, to communicate with players. You know, whether it's Mark Helfrich, you got to understand, he's motivating 130 kids on a college roster of, say, Oregon. And that, you know, it's no different in the pros. Granted, the, the rosters aren't as big in terms of the NFL, but he has the ability to communicate and, and tap into what really motivates a player. That's why he kind of brought in uh, the psychologist uh, part of it. And the p- psychology is a part of it. But, you know, you can coach certain players hard. Certain guys learn diff- different ways. We've touched on that. And that has to be the coach that, that really digests all that information in order to hit the go buttons of every particular player. And that's going to be a key for, for Coach Nagy. It's a key for his whole staff of every coach is going to have to figure out how do I reach this player? How do I make him better in a way that is going to get him to respond in the ways that we need him to be to respond uh, to be productive, and that's part of coaching. I think 
These guys got a lot of experiences, uh, experience doing it at those key areas that, that Tom talked about, it, and, we'll, and we'll see how it unfolds. It's, you know, you know that's one of the great things about coaching. You know, Jim and Zach, I think these guys are having an opportunity to learn what their responsibilities are. I'm talking about the players that are at the senior bowl because, you know, Zach, if you don't know the information when you walk out of the meetings that you just spent three hours in, then you better go back to your hotel room and you better invest personal time in studying because no matter how great of an athlete you are and how high you can jump and how many times you can do 225, if you have mental errors, there that's going to get you cut. So if it's important to you, if it's important to you as a player at the NFL level or a, a possible draft choice, if you don't make sure that you go in there and you learn your assignments, you're never going to have the opportunity because every every terminology that these guys are learning from their college program to the senior bowl and then on to whatever team drafts them, the terminology affects every single every single player in a different type of way, whether it's a number that's an alert or a, a word that's an alert to you in the huddle, depending upon the position you play. That's why mastering the language is so difficult for the quarterback because he has to make sure he understands what every single word he says in that play call means to every position out there. Right, no question about it. And that's why when you hear about the Bears learning a new offense, it's not just about Mitchell Trubisky's development. It's also the development of Adam Shaheen, the new wide receivers the Bears will bring in, the, the running backs. Everyone has to get up to speed, not just the QB, to make this thing work. No doubt about it. I, I mean, that's that's essential here. Is I think every single time that they have to go, they go onto the practice field. When you go out there and as a group, and when you leave those team meeting rooms, you have to make sure that your players have an understanding because you can't go out there and you know coaches always refer to it looking like a fire drill or something. They just you know you just have to make sure everybody's on the same page. Tom and Jim, in our final few moments here on Bears All Access, I, I want to switch back to the defense because we spent so much time, and rightfully so, and we understand why, talking about the offense. But, you know, in listening to Mark Helfrich and in listening to Matt Negan and listening to Ryan Pace and even Vic Fangio last week at his press conference, the strength of the Bears right now is the defensive identity that they have. Now, obviously, they need to get a little bit better on defense. Where do you see the improvement? Tom, when you look at, and, and you spent a lot of time talking to Vic about these things, where do you see the next step defensively for Vic Fangio's defense? I mean, Eddie Goldman's got to become a, do- a dominator. Jonathan Bullard has to live up to the talents that we see him display on a regular basis. you got to get more out of Akeem Hicks, even though you're getting a Pro Bowl effort out of him. You have to get a completely healthy season by Leonard Floyd. You have to understand how the uh, the other side of the, your outside linebacker position is going to solidify itself through because when you go through Sam Macho and you go through Willie Young and you go through Isaiah Irving and you go through uh, Christian Jones, all those guys, you know, you need to solidify those defensive positions linebacker to make sure this thing can run as smoothly as it as it has the ability to be. And then you need another career year out of Kyle Fuller. Hopefully they'll sign him in great development out of the safety positions. But it's going to be about tapping into the potential of guys like Eddie Goldman and Jonathan Bullard up front. Because, Jim, ultimately, if the Bears are going to be successful in year one with Matt Nagy as the head coach, it will be because that offense complements what the Bears' defense can do. Yeah, totally agree with that. Playing the field position game, you know, leaning on each other, one to make stops defensively, and then when you get opportunities to make scores. You know, here we saw the the Bears, they were more productive in that area, getting turnovers and, and putting points on the board. And now if you can flip the field like that, the Bears offense hopefully can cash in and take advantage of those opportunities that will really complement a, a defense that has emerged and, and worked all its way up to the top ten. 
becomes a fast hour. Jim, keep taking those notes from the Senior Bowl on that huge legal pad that I know you have right in front of you. Next week, we'll also get your Super Bowl breakdown. I was waiting until next week before we do that, uh, the New England game against Philadelphia out in Minneapolis. And we'll look Why'd ahead. you say New England first? Because, listen, they're coming in as the, the home team. Yeah, the we got, we got right? your picker, Eddie Zaidman. Hey, listen, I'm not going against Tom Brady. Chicken. I'm just telling I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going against Tom Brady. But, you know, Philadelphia is uh, a heck of a defense. They can run the ball, and you know they can play some Keep offense, Keep fueling too. the underdogs. There you go, Zach. Keep fueling the underdogs. Hey, listen, Tom Brady is always the guy that is going to be considered the favorite if he's playing a football game. All right, got to say goodbye. We'll talk to you guys next week. For Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, I'm Zach Zimmons saying so long. Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy on the score. Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.